Hi, this is Marianne Eves, Master Blender for Sweetens Cove, Kentucky's first female master distiller. This is Mark Rivers. I'm the co-founder of Sweetens Cove Spirits Company. Pour a dram, settle in. This is the Cask Chasers podcast. So here we are. Welcome, both of you. It's it's a it's an honor uh, um, in the presence of greatness here. So a lot of the listeners that are um, pros or my enthusiast may know who I'm already talking to. Um, obviously, if you read the title of the show episode, you you know. But for the newcomers, we're going to get into some real rock stardom here. But uh, I just want to say thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being a part of whatever the cast chasers is about. We haven't figured that out yet, but we're trying. Marianne, Mark, legends in the industry. Marianne, if I can s- just start with you really quick. Why did you have to come shake everything up so much? I think it comes from my background as a chemical engineer. I love the science of the industry. And I I think I I look at it uh, from a different perspective than most folks. You know, I've never really been scared of um, getting into places where I don't seem to fit. Uh, so starting in the bourbon industry was, was uh, starting with Brown Foreman and then leaving, you know, jobs that that people thought were, were fairy tales just to, to continue to push my own boundaries, which happened to also lead to some unique innovation in, in bourbon. Um, you know, I, I think even coming from Kentucky, where everyone feels bourbon is king, uh, to joining this this Tennessee brand uh, was a, a decision that um for me was easy because of the team and the um the values that they hold uh, how we aligned and a, a strategy and and quality um but you know outwardly for folks who don't know sweetens uh you know it it seems maybe like a a, a step back to go from from Kentucky to anywhere else. But that's one thing that I'm really hoping to highlight with this project and and some others that I'm working on is that there's amazing product being made outside of Kentucky. And we're going to show you. I love that you're spotlighting that. And Mark, you know, you you get all these connections. And I want to talk a little bit about how you met all these amazing people, people I've never heard of, like Peyton Manning and everything. Um, But you, you, you start off, you're, you're obviously a businessman, you you obviously, with that talent, see the gold in the dirt. You see Marianne, and obviously you think, Whiskey Advocate called her the next generation of whiskey, you know, people. First master distiller, a uh, female master distiller in Kentucky. Obviously, you set your sight on her, or there's some type of communication that happened there where you felt like she was the right person for this role. Can you talk a little bit about how you go from golf course, meeting all these amazing people, finding Marianne Eves, or maybe she found you, and then creating this awesome whiskey and this awesome business and company? Well, it's a long story. I'll provide the abbreviated version. I mean, a a group of us bought a pretty legendary golf course in rural Tennessee called Sweetens Cove that was probably teetering on extinction just because it, it hadn't had you know, sort of the financial success that you would need to have just a little nine hole golf course that didn't have much of an infrastructure besides just a spectacular architecture. 
we were we were uh, in love with the golf course and the story of the golf course and and uh, decided that the way to to really celebrate it and to um, bring it out into the forefront was probably to align it with this bourbon project. We had some great roots that were there um, that we were able to leverage. Um, you know, there was a there was a ritual of people taking a shot of whiskey on the first tee before they would play. That preceded us. It was real. It was authentic. There was no clubhouse. There was no bar. People have to bring their own bottle with their own story uh, or their own regifting or whatever it was, and and take a shot of whiskey and share it or drink the whole bottle or you know find the find the grounds crew before the afternoon was over. But you know it was a pretty rich story and. And, you know, t- Tennessee being a bourbon state, you know, not a tequila state or, you know, it was sort of like, all right, well, let's try this project. Um, and we knew in, in getting started that um, that whatever we were going to do in the bourbon space, the whiskey space, we wanted it to be as high a quality as the quality was of the golf course. So this was a course that was in, you know, the top, top 50 lists and best of lists and all those things. Well, the experience was sort of Field of Dreams meets Tin Cup, the golf was really pretty spectacular. And so we knew that even if our the start of our whiskey company was going to be Field of Dreams meets Tin Cup, that the, that the bourbon itself, the juice itself, had to be really great. And so uh, we, we set out to, to find somebody who could be a part of that. You know, I, I was sort of like the, the first-time movie producer. I had no idea how to produce a movie but I knew, you know, that if I had Tom Hanks or Reese Witherspoon in it, I'd probably have a pretty good chance that the movie would be okay. So that that's how I found Marianne. She was Reese Witherspoon or Nicole Kidman or whoever, you know, she was, she was, uh, a, you know, a proven commodity who was a star. And as she said, you know, our values really aligned. We wanted, uh, we wanted the, the product to be special. We wanted it to be different. We wanted it to embrace this sort of distinction of craftsmanship and that's what we've set out to do. And it's, it's really a, it's a funny juxtaposition of our brand because on the one hand you have some of these high profile celebrities who are a part of it. And, and oftentimes these celebrity brands kind of spin off into this direction that are all about, you know, posts and red carpets and, you know, parties and all of these sorts of things. And for us, it was really about, product first and if the product wins we're going to build a lasting brand and it's something that we can all be proud of and that should stand on its own and all of the other stuff can be extra can be additive but if at the end of the day the product wasn't any good we just really weren't going to be excited about it and probably wouldn't want to be a part of it so that's that's you know that's where marianne came in obviously and and um and she's been amazing and i and i'm you know i I, she's become a dear friend. And I'm just really proud of her, of all of her, you know, she's a mother, she's a businesswoman, she's an innovator, she's thoughtful. Um, and, um, you know, all of those things that align with us. And, you know, I, we, we take a little bit of pride on our team of being a group of enlightened bros who all have, you know, moms and wives and sisters and daughters. And, you know, and we love the, the, the ability to empower her, as a, as a young woman and to have her skill and persona and artisanship, you know, rise. And so that's been a, that's been a fun journey too. I love that. Um, and you hit the nail on the head, you know, us in the whiskey industry or the, the, um, 
not the industry, the media side or the, the, the enthusiast side, which can be quite, we're annoying to people, to the pros. Um, but we pick on and we, we look for faults. And one of the faults that that's in this industry is celebrity whiskeys, quote unquote. Um, I'm wearing, I don't have a Sweetens Cove hat and I will cause I'm a hat junkie, but I'm wearing a Blackens hat. And it, it's just a great example, um, of if you find you can have a celebrity backed or partnered whiskey, as long as you have the, the right ingredients, pun intended to make a good whiskey. Um, um, I think Rob Dietrich is a master. Um, I think he's doing great things with them. Having Marianne Eves on your side, Marianne, you're in the room. We're not going to talk about like you're not here. Um, having you in the room, um, I think, honestly helps that brand because the new people to whiskey may, you know, this is something great to bring on the golf course or what have you. The, the enthusiasts know who Marianne is and what she can produce. So we respect that. So I think you came at it from two points. Let's talk a little bit about golf courses and whiskey. They have been together since, I don't know, maybe the literally the beginning of the spirit. Sure, yeah. Uh, the way that I had kind of always looked at it is that although they are very much um, a part of each other, the, the golf course and the bourbon brand, that the bourbon brand extends well beyond uh, the golf community as well. So when I, when I started talking to Mark, I, I don't know anything about golf. <laughs> I don't know anything about a lot of sports, about whiskey, actually. so we were even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I just knew, you know, that they had already acquired um, 113 year old bar uh, barrels of Tennessee bourbon. Um, they were going in the right direction. And it had been a long time since I got my, my palate wrapped around some 13 year old, uh, you know, highly nicely aged stuff. So even if it had just, you know, it kind of ended there at that first blend with us, um, I, w I, I really wanted to have that experience. And, uh, you know, I, I felt a lot of commonality between Mark's passion and the t whole team, their passion for saving the Sweetens Cove golf course that I did for saving um, the former Old Taylor distillery, you know, the, the shape that it was, the importance that, that, that uh, Sweetens Cove was to golf, um, the importance that um, the Old Taylor distillery was to bourbon. Uh, it it kind of felt familiar in that time uh, that I was, um, you know, looking for someone to really align with. Uh, and and had the opportunity to make this amazing first uh, five blends uh, and 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 uh, a selection of single barrels. Um, it was it was an amazing experience for me because you know they they had the uh, the way Mark described it I I think is the best. He he said you're the artist. These are this is your palette to make us a masterpiece in whatever way that that comes out. So he gave me you know full artistic license to to create whatever I wanted to from from that first release, and, and I think it turned out beautifully. And the way that it was received just kind of solidified for for both of us um, that, that you know this was going to be a a longer term partnership. I love it. You two seem connected um, and coming on together. It shows partnership. I, I absolutely love that. And so, just to be clear, yeah. just, just to be clear, um, you know, there was a culture on our part to give Marianne full range of motion on all this. And also, we didn't know any better. <laughs> so, you know, but like I said, it's like uh, 
we hadn't produced a movie before, but okay, Reese Witherspoon, here's kind of the the framework and here's the rest of the cast and everything. And you know what? You let the artists do their thing, you know, and and so you know, so I, I kind of chuckled. That was like the first time through, but on all of the subsequent releases, now that we all know a little bit more about what we're doing, kind of, I suppose, um, it's it's really, you know, I want her to have as much a range of motion and flexibility to innovate. I know that's her passion. I don't want, I don't, and I don't want our company to be robotic. You know, I want us to be uh, an innovator as well. I want us to be creating and trying it, you know, charting our own path. Um, you know, as we walked into the industry, there's a lot of sameness um, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of, you know, people and brands and corporations that have all sort of recycled and the same deck of cards has been reshuffled, but it's still the same deck of cards. And, and so I think the ability that we've had to kind of step in and try to do things a little bit different from a fresh perspective, you know, sort of challenge the institution. I mean, that's, those are things that, that Marianne's been doing for a long time. And I think those are things that, you know, are certainly, um, you know, a cornerstone of our brand and our approach. No, and that's kind of what I was getting at. Um, you know, first off, you guys are, and I mean this lovingly, insane. Starting a whiskey company in itself is insane. It's like, are you crazy when I hear somebody say, I'm going to start a whiskey? And we no, waited until a pandemic yeah. to get it underway, too. So you, you did it at the right time. But you took two things that are insane. I do play a little golf. I'm no pro. Um, I'm actually very terrible at it. Um, but starting a golf course, starting and revamping companies has to be in itself. So not only are you jumping into this big business, bringing two worlds together, but you revamped you kind of you kind of resurrected and marianne that's kind of your thing you seem to be like um you know the the uh, maybe i'm using the wrong term the lazarus of 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 whiskey companies (laughs) you just seem to to go in you're almost like a mary poppins in a way you fly in you do your thing and you get out and i absolutely love that you one of the things i like about and i want to this is for both of you you know castle key was when when you were with them it was new. It was innovative. It had different elements to it, yet it still had roots that kept you grounded a little bit. You both have a task ahead of you to be innovative, to be different. And Marianne, this is kind of your thing. I don't know if you accidentally do it or you do it on purpose. Uh, and Mark, you I don't know if you know this, but you brought somebody aboard that, you know, ruffles feathers in, in a good way. How do you how are you going to be different while maintaining that those roots that keep people unafraid to approach your product. Does that make sense? I mean, I could start a little bit. It does make sense. I mean, I mean, I think, you know, so this year we launched a, a new product called Tennessee with a K. That's a blend of a Kentucky and a, and a Tennessee bourbon. Uh, that's our first kind of all access upper moderate price point product. It, it's retails for about $60 a bottle. You know, our prior releases had been really ultra premium, $200 bottles, probably not going to find their way into mixology, but are probably going to be sort of special occasion sipping products or gifting or whatever they might be. And great, great releases at a, at a, with, with limited volumes. Tennessee uh, is intended to be a volume product. Um, Marianne produced it. You know, she blended it. And that product will be pretty consistent, uh, very consistent, and grow as a as a skew for us from year to year to year. Um, and Marianne's not really going to have to go back and blend that again. She's she's done it, you know. So the question then becomes, well, how do we still 
innovate? How do we still let her mm. express her art, her art? How do we still let her be a craftsperson? How do you keep baby um, out of the so, corner? To quote, what's that? how do you keep baby out of yeah, the corner? Yeah, no, he puts baby in the corner. That's you right. Know what no, I mean? he puts baby in the corner. No, he puts Mary in the corner. So, you know, so what we're, you know, so there's at least a couple things that we'll all do. One is we'll still do an, an annual pretty allocated release in the fall of every year that will be a one of a kind that she'll produce. Uh, we'll do that. We Again, this year, there'll be another skew that will come out this year that she's blended um, that we think will be pretty special. That will only be about 2,000 cases. And um, and when it's gone, it's gone, and there'll be another one next year. But, uh, you know, so that's one way. And I think the second way is is strategically, we just like to find ways to do more and, um, you know, support her as she's out trying different spirits and doing some other things that, that, that are of interest and scratch her intellectual curiosity, which we support. But somewhere in, in our future, there will be another skew. There may be a distillery. There may be some other things that we can all do. So, um, you know, for me as a steward of the brand, you know, I want to navigate a path that that allows us as a company to be consistent and growing and innovating all at the same time, which is sort of threading the needle on occasion. But I also want Marianne's creating consistency and innovation and visions to be a part of that. So it's like, you know, these two paths, how do we chart those together? And we're committed to charting those together and committed to finding a way to allow her to do all of that stuff. And, you know, if you're going to, again, if you're going to have Reese Witherspoon in your movie, you better, well, let her act and let her do her thing and, you know, and find a way for it to, to, to be the start of something special. So, I mean, I think that's a huge part of, of, of our path. Reese, your turn. <laughs> oh, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I, um, you know, I, I, I see a lot of opportunity for us in the, the way that this um, product was released and, and the way that we're approaching the consumer. I think everybody was really excited to see Tennessee and, and now that it's out there and, and people are loving it, it gives me a lot of energy to, to keep going. And, and what is the next um, great thing that's going to come out from Sweetens Cove? Uh, I think Bourbon has been our focus the, the whole time. Uh, there's there's opportunities uh, that could fuse, you know, other other types of uh, beverage spirits as well. Um, yeah, I I I love the the creating and um, pushing, you know, what 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 has been done and, and presenting new things. And I'm just really lucky that. Like Mark said, they 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 want all of it. <laughs> I I want to zoom in a little bit on that too, and those are great answers. I, I I love innovation. I love change. I like rooted too. I like old school, but I think you can have both. Um, let's zoom in a little bit on. Let's get nerdy for a little bit. A little bit. I don't know if you know this, but Marianne, you're a chemical engineer. Um, you probably want. You may remember going to school for it. One of your things that I, I hear a lot about you and I've gotten from your, your whiskeys, your blends, is your ability to profile, select flavors, and to really make them shine in a unique way. I mean, you, you almost have this, and, and whiskey drinkers will understand, like a chef match, like coconut with, you know, which you get coconut, right? But coconut with the citrus, and then there's that old school, you know, vanilla and 
that's the typical bourbon. You have this way of making these elements shine and bring. What is your process when you're creating and blending a whiskey? What are you looking for? What does your palate speak to the most? Because it is very, it's a song. It's, it's a sonnet, really, your, 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 your stuff. And I think that's a talent that, you know, I'd like to get into and learn more about because I want to be able to taste things better, better, betterist. So maybe you could help me with that. <laughs> Haida, how would you pronounce this? G-L-E-N-A-L-L-A-C-H-I-E. <laughs> I pronounce that delicious. Or Glenallachy. Okay. Right? Single malt scotch whiskey from Speyside. Okay. The distillery's been around since 1967, but only available as a single malt since 2018. Uh-huh. And the whiskeys are designed by Billy Walker. What? Yeah. Talk to me more. Yeah, I know, because you, you have no idea who Billy Walker is. No. But the Cast Chasers podcast fan base do. Okay. He was the gentleman behind Glendronach Distillery, Ben Ria, Glen Glassa. I like, should be excited right you now. You should be. If you're a whiskey fan, you should be super excited. Okay. Big, fruity, heavy, sherried whiskeys, just oh. glorious stuff. Okay. Yep, Glenallachy. That's okay. how you pronounce it. Okay, Glenallachy. Right. Glenallachy. Okay. Impex Beverages. Yes. Guess what we are? Uh, I don't know. Proud sponsors of the Cast Chasers podcast. Right. Yes. Yeah, I, I know for a fact that my blending process is unique uh, in the industry. Uh, because the products that I create are unique. Um, the way that I approach it is much more in depth um, because I'm a little obsessive about flavor, as you point out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, you know, uh, so far, all the special specialty releases for Sweetens Cove, I am insistent on tasting every single barrel that's going to be included in the blend. And there are times, you know, that that I I push for a certain construction, or you know, I I need, um, you know, I, I know that that we ideally would love to use all of the barrels, um, but because you know, keeping the the flavor in our uh, in in the range of expectation that we've already created for the, our our customer. Um, you know, th- there there's going to be some uh, variation in in what I. Um, uh, hope the way that I would hope to assemble them. So I might taste, uh, you know, 200 something barrels. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll categorize them by, you know, barrels that are, are good barrels that are great barrels that are single barrel quality. And then some that, uh, you know, I want to keep an eye on. And then some that I think, um, either need, uh, another treatment or time, more time in the barrel or, or, you know, some, something, uh, some kind of adjustment to make them suitable to, to put into a, a product. Um, or maybe they can't be suitable, you know, sometimes weird things happen and, and barrels just go off the rails. And, uh, that's one reason I taste every single barrel is because I want to, I'd be able to identify those. Um, the entire lot of whiskey may be fantastic. And if you happen to let one of those crazy, um, uh, uneven, um, um, profiles into the blend, it, it's going to change everything. So it, it's, it's not just about finding the the rock stars and the beautiful, beautiful notes, but making sure that, um, the integrity of the product stays high uh, by, by tasting every single one of them. 
Um, so it, it takes some time and, and, you know, I, I go through the process of blending barrel by barrel. Um, I, I will look at the notes, the detailed notes that I've created, start making kind of smaller batches and then combining those batches until a little bit bigger batches. But um, it, it's all very hand, hand, hand done and, and touchy feely. Um, I'm not going by GC analysis or by some kind of quality um, mm-hmm. sensory and mm-hmm. uh, uh, organoleptic sensory scale. Um, it, it's uh, I create products that I think are um, nuanced and balanced and create a, a great experience, provide a great experience. So it's not just about the the flavors, although I, I think the flavor of the bourbon is, is very important, but just as much how do you feel it? Um, how do you feel it on the aroma? How do you feel it on the palate? How does it finish? Um, I want that to to make you want to to stay with the product just as much as the the flavors that it presents. That's something I think, and you know, um, it's hard to put into words. There there are people that know how to do and create, and then there are people that can just feel it. There's people that can take a piece of wood and they can see a beautiful table, and then there's a carpenter who just knows how to make a table. You know what I mean? It's going to be square. It's going to have legs. And I think that's the difference. There are a lot of great whiskey makers out there, but then there are certain people that just know how to blend or know by my grandmother used to put her hand on the stove when you was baking pies and she would go just put her hand on the stove and say, it's not ready yet. And she, I don't, I don't know how osmosis or something. I don't know, but she knew that's um, so cool. or she was just messing with me cause I was dumb as a kid. And, um, anyway, um, maybe both, maybe a little bit, this or that. I think if I think of people who, when a bottle comes out, I'm super excited to try because I know it's going to be thoughtful, interesting and unique. Um, is it's you, you know, Lisa Wicker, uh, Sherry Carter, you know, blenders and makers that just have this crazy ability to put their hand on this piece of marble and go, oh no, this is, this is this, this is what this is going to be. Does that make sense? And I, I absolutely, I love that about you and I'm ex- super excited to, uh, to dive into where you go with that. On Mark's side, it's kind of the same thing, Mark. I mean, you're a business guy. You're an entrepreneur. You have to, you know, I can put a bunch of money into a golf course and a business and partner with a bunch of people and maybe find a distiller. I'm not going to create gold because I don't have that talent. You found yourself among some amazing human beings, Peyton Manning, Andy Roddick, um, Tiffany, Leon Chen. I mean, you know, how do you meet these people and, you know, show, walk me through your uh, marble um, cutting process, you know, and don't make it too complicated because you're, you're exiting a world. I know entering a world I know nothing about, and that's creating a successful business. Um, which is why I'm in a basement of my podcast studio. Um, cause we don't think things through, but, uh, so what's that relationship building look like from point A to point B, you know, let's hear your talent. Well, I think it, it all started, um, um, it's the story's been told a few times, but not on this particular podcast, but, um, Andy Roddick is one of my good friends and he and I were, we, uh, we, we, on occasion as business guys and investors do what we call treasure hunting, where we try to find or identify something that might be a little underutilized and full of potential. And we found ourselves talking about golf courses. Uh, we both love the game. Um, 
and why, you know, why are there always 18 hole golf courses rather than nine hole golf courses? It's like, yes. who, who has time for 18 holes? No why it costs so much, so much money to build it. And these clubhouses, they're like my grandfather's buildings and all this sort of stuff. And as a real estate developer too, myself, it's like, you know, the expense of building these old traditional models that really haven't changed in forever was sort of a little bit of a head scratcher. So we said, um, well, like, what's like the coolest nine hole course? We literally just asked this question theoretically over some Pinot Noir, I think, and the Google machine and literally, you know, started trying to find out, you know, it's like, wait, well, check this out. There's this looks pretty interesting. There's this place in Tennessee called Sweetens Cove. And um, so we, we sort of found found the place It had a, a really good reputation as a golf course, as a, as a great, well-designed golf facility. Um, and, uh, I, I cold called the owner of it, uh, Rob Collins, who was also the architect of it and is a good friend and remains a partner of ours and in, in both the bourbon and the golf and, uh, and asked if I could come visit. And I went and visited, visited him and, and it was sort of just to learn a little bit about what they were doing and how he had done it. And, and, you know, spent a couple of hours and at the end of my visit, I was kind of looking around a little bit and I'm like, looks like they could probably use some partners here (laughs) it's like you know this was you know it was it was great the course was great but some of the facilities were a little short and it wasn't as busy as it could have been and and uh and so on and so i literally ended our visit by saying hey can i come back to you with an idea on maybe how we can get some other people involved and um and i did immediately and uh he was open to it and i called andy back and that Andy and I basically started down a path of curating an ownership group that we thought would be right for this. You know, people who, you know, understood golf or were passionate about it, people maybe in that part of the world, people who had some connections there, just friends of ours with whom we've co-invested with or whatever. And um, and we started down that path that led us to, you know, Peyton Manning, because, you know, if you were going to do something in Tennessee, he's probably as good a person to, to do that sure. with and yeah and jim nance who actually now lives in nashville you know became a part of it and peyton brought along his two brothers eli and cooper and and you know the, the group expanded and um and it's a great group and it's uh and it's a special group that really um is passionate about both the golf and the bourbon and have been really wildly supportive of it and and everybody brings a little something different hey well you know one Ben Weprin founded the Graduate Hotel Group. Okay, well, that's a, you know, that's a pretty good group of accounts, you know, in college towns in the South to put a, a Tennessee bourbon, you know, or, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, and so on. And it goes on and on. And so, um, you know, we, we've, we have this sort of uh, this group behind it, this, this, um, this booster club, really. It's kind of like the booster club, I guess, that really supports the brand. So um, we've been lucky in that way. And, and, um, Everybody's been very supportive and we've grown. I, you know, I think half the guys and gals, men and women who did it kind of almost did it on a lark, you know, when they invested like, Oh yeah, well the golf course is great. Yeah. We'll get to go play there. And yeah, that bourbon thing, you know, are you insane? Uh, you yeah, know, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. There but, it is. But I think as, as it's turned out, you know, now, now they're all anxiously awaiting the quarterly financial reports and, you know, checking growth and margin metrics so, you know, it's kind of morphed into something that's probably taken on a little bit more uh, seriousness than we all had anticipated. But the boring know. side of uh, of business I've done, I've had the 
privilege of going on tours and you know for the listeners if you're going to do a whiskey tour or a facility tour do the tour that you pay for the one they develop for you i've gone behind the scenes with friends in the industry and hung out with them for the day and some of it's just boring i'm doing you're, i'm like you're just gonna you're just putting numbers in a computer yeah yeah that's what i do most of the time i'm like oh okay <laughs> i thought there would be more blending and you know mad scientisting or you know uh whatever but it's not there's a lot of background stuff that you guys have to put up with that aren't as um as sexy as as the outside would uh would want to would want to believe but you're both creators and you're both doing something really cool and i'm just i'm pumped to see a whiskey come out of tennessee that's not you know traditional tennessee whiskey because i think that's getting a little old and uh, I'm, I'm excited i'm really pumped and excited i think you 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 know mark you have somebody amazing behind the helm you yourself sir you know you have a, a great resume a great team behind you so it's, I want to say this, and hopefully, I've never jinxed anybody before, but I don't see how it fails. Um, fast forward a year, and when I'm like, you, you're the reason. No, I didn't bring that company down by just, um, no, but I'm excited. I think good things are coming, and good things are happening as we speak, and I'm, I'm pumped. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan, Marianne, and I, I'm, I'm thankful for you again coming on the show. Um, you are you are what I want to see the whiskey industry become and continue to be um, and I think that's rad. I think that's awesome. Where can we find? Can you tell me a little bit about? We've got we've we talked about the business, the growth, the partnerships, and I love all of that. Um, I think I've checked all the boxes of the the casual interview, but I want to know what it, what do when I go into the the golf course, what am I seeing? Is there a bar? Is there is there bottles? You know, I hope there are some cool cocktails happening. I mean, what am I visualize? Paint this picture for me. What do I walk into? Well, at the go- at the golf course, we don't have a traditional clubhouse. We have one permanent physical structure and it's a uh, wooden plywood and two by four shed that was acquired at Lowe's. I got one of those. And, (laughs) and that's, you know, and that's, that's, um, it's become a a piece of the legendary charm of Sweden's Cove, the shed, we call it the shed really inventive uh, name. And uh, it's painted up nice. A couple years ago, we added air conditioning for the, for the guys that are working in there, which was, you know, was, was both, uh, you know, uh, a, a nice human relations touch. And at the same time, uh, uh a flare of modernization. <laughs> so there's that innovation functional toilets and we now have functional toilets. I was, it was just porta potties when we first started, but, but we do not have any sort of formal food and beverage program. We don't have a bar. Uh, a lot of people bring, mm. uh, their bourbon with them. Um, we don't have a rule that you can only drink our stuff. That's just silly. Bring what you want, enjoy what you have. Uh, a lot of people do enjoy our stuff. Um, down the road in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee, the little, the little community that's adjacent to us, there's a little liquor store there that sells Sweetens Cove, and it's literally one of our top retail accounts in the country. A lot of people sort of stop there on their way. Uh, you know, we have a lot of drive-in guests who come from, you know, Alabama where we're not sold. And so, you know, they cross the border and get into South Pittsburgh and load up on their sweetens. Um, people still take a shot of whiskey before they're on the first tee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we actually have glassware now and most of the time it's pretty clean and hygienic, um, you know, and people kind of do their thing and, and uh, we welcome them. And, um, and, and I think, you know, our bourbon is, has become certainly attached to the course, I think for a lot of people, it is truly a part of the experience, but it's not forced. 
Um, and, uh, and we, you know, we can't sell the product there by law. Um, we, we can't do that. So I don't know one day, could there be tastings there? I guess if we went to the legislature and changed the law, but, but it doesn't really matter at this stage. I mean, I think there are plenty of places to get it. We're now in, I think about 14 states. We've been growing pretty slowly, methodically in 2020. Our first release was just Georgia and Tennessee only added a few other states and largely in the South, um, you know, you get up, we get up into Colorado and Indiana, but we're largely in the South, uh, Tennessee down into Texas, um, and and growing pretty methodically. I think we'd rather reinforce. We're taking a longer view of it. I think we'd rather reinforce some of our current markets and continue to find ways to grow and build relationships with our with our accounts rather than just try to just somehow go be in 47 states or something. I mean, that's not really the strategy. I mean, maybe eventually, and if if we're looking to grow, in particular, Tennessee as a volume, we'll have to continue to add some states. Next year, we have a plan to add a few more states. But um, kind of slow growth is is the way to do it. Rather do it right than do it fast. You say that, and I love that, but your your story kind of precedes you a little bit. I'm already getting, I had samples because I can't, I don't have it near me. I'm in Delaware. Um, you probably heard of it. Um, it's a small town outside of uh, Philly. Um, I had, I had, uh, I had, uh, that's how I explain where I live to people. Um, I had samples sent to me. Christiana Mall exit. Yeah, right. Oh, you you know us well. That's all we have. Um, that's funny. Um, that's really funny, actually. There's some deep cuts there. Um, I had samples sent to me via underground. Um I can say that you can't. Um, I'm waiting on the FBI or ATF to kick in a door and, you know, figure out where my cleaning supplies are coming from. But I, I've had samples and it's 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 really, it's good. I love it. But I, I didn't get it from anybody from you. I got it from a friend or somebody in the, and it's already being talked about. So I think that's kind of, I think there's something to be said about an underground conversation. You know what I mean? Where people are like, oh, who's behind the helm? Who's making this? How do we get mm-hmm. a sample? You know what I mean? What's coming out the back door? And I think I think that's how brands are built, too. I think there's that bigger relationship with the stores and the tasting. But then there's this weird, from my point of view, underground thing. And it just it just it can make or break a whiskey. But um, you're doing good out there. So don't worry about all that. Um, but maybe you show up in Delaware or Maryland. I don't know. Maybe 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 you're already in Maryland. I just have to look. Let's no, we're not in either of those states. Well, I've got well, connections. Eventually, I've got yeah. connections. Send your sales team right, here to me, and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll meet and greet. Um, listen, this has been a very rad time. I could sit and talk to. You. I want to dig. I want to visit. I want to see what's going on there. I want to play a course, a, you know, nine holes because physically that's all I can play because I'm forty, and um, I didn't take care of myself in my thirties. So nine holes is what makes sense to me. Um, Anything Marianne makes, I'm going to drink. So I will be bringing, you know, bringing that. Although I do love other brands. I'm not saying only drink who I have on the show. But, you know, if you're drinking with me, you should drink the thing that they're making. That's just respect. Um, Tennessee whiskey. It needs to be innovative and different. Stop putting things through. I don't like Jack Daniels. And I don't like Dickel. Um, They're too big to come after me. So I can say that. Um, so I just love, you know what I mean? I just love seeing new cool stuff come from that state. And there's a lot, there's other distilleries too that are doing small distilleries that are doing really cool stuff. Um, and I know it's bourbon, not necessarily Tennessee whiskey, but you, we don't have to go down that path right now because that's a whole different conversation. 
thank you both for uh, for being here. Um, I cannot wait to learn more and see more. Where can we find you online? Instagram. Can you give me some clicks? Some. I'll let Marion go first. She's got yeah. quite a voice on where can, the social media. She's. Where can my people stalk you? Her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, primarily it's it's Instagram is, is my platform of choice. It's Marianne BMD Bourbon Master Distiller. And uh, Instagram is uh, Sweetens Cove Spirits. The Gram, I love it. Um, great website too. Um, also, uh, for the listeners, because she's not going to give herself because she's humble. Everybody in this freaking industry is too humble. Um, Marianne did an incredible TED Talk that um, it, it was just freaking awesome. So go check that out. You'll learn nothing because she's it's too high level and her you, you just don't have it's just talent based. I, I watched it. I was inspired by it. I don't feel like I could get up and go do what you guys do, um, which is why, again, I sit in a basement and record myself with friends. But um, I'm happy there's people out there like you doing really cool stuff. The passion's there, the heart's there, and that's what it's all about. Um, we, we say it all the time. It's not about finding the perfect dram. It's all in the chase, and that's what this is. It's The chase means to be different. It means to be innovative. It means to be cool and think outside the box and, and to speak to all the generations that are available out there. Um, so you guys are doing that. I'm excited for you both. I really, really am. And thank you so much for coming on. Um, it was an absolute pleasure. I'm going to let you go back to your Sunday and enjoy whatever you were doing. And I'm going to go lay down because I, uh, my listeners, I, I share everything with them. I am deathly ill, which is why my jokes weren't on point today. Sorry about that, folks. Um, well, thanks for having us. No, not at all. Not at all. No, thanks for being here. You guys were great. And uh, I hope to hear more from you and hopefully I'll be on again in the future. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank Cheers. you both. Cheers. Have Cheers. You too. Bye. Bye, Mark. All right, Cast Chasers. Well, that was the show. Hope you enjoyed. You can follow us at Instagram. You can uh, follow us on Facebook. Or you can just follow us, you know, in, in person if you find us out on the street. Just follow us around. Anyway, we look forward to hanging out with you in the future. And hopefully you check out some of our shows. This was number who knows. But you can start from the beginning or you can start now or you can start right in the middle. It doesn't really matter to me. I just want you to listen and enjoy. Cheers. Um, before I let you go, remember, it's not about finding the perfect tram. It's all in the chase. Mm-hmm.